John chapter 3 today. Words will be up on the screen too, I think. of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts and minds upon those words be acceptable in your sight, God. Father, help us not to be those who just hear your word and let our ears be tickled, but help us to be those who hear your word and then become doers. Hallelujah. Bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Listening to the voice of God is such an amazing lifelong quest. I was looking through Wes's Bible this last week. You could tell that he did a lot of listening. He had little notes all over the place and um, sticky notes here and quotes from different speakers here and there. Uh, if uh, our daily bread really grabbed his attention, he would clip it out and tape it into his Bible. He'd highlight stuff. Uh, so that's, that's where God's talking to us, right? It's a conversation. I don't know if we often think about it that way. But when God catches our attention with a song or a scripture or whatever, it's the Lord speaking to us. And that's a lifelong, amazing quest. So that's why spending time in the Bible every day is really so important. That's the surest and most used tool God uses to speak to us. There are very helpful devotions available online and in books. Um, our Daily Bread devotion booklets have been provided. I don't know if you know this, but Wayne Jolie provided those to his congregation for decades. And they're back there in the entryway table as you come in. God speaks to us in so many ways, right? Through encounters in nature, uh, through music, through prayer time, through others who share things with us, even a glance, a smile, a hug, a prayer, so many different ways. Sometimes the Lord's voice is really clear and strong and gets my attention in the moment, and I know this experience is too. And I don't need lots of supporting comments for him to get the message. Sometimes it's just a bolt, right? Okay, I get it. Time it seems like I hear the same word over and over again. It comes from different sources until I finally realize that God is getting my attention and emphasizing something because I haven't heard it yet. I haven't gotten it nailed down. So I finally realize that God has created a pattern, different voices all speaking on the same topic, to get my attention in a big way. So recently I heard a song by Casting Crowns that really grabbed my attention. We'll hear it in a little bit, uh, sing it at the end of the service today. What caught my heart was this phrase, I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I mean, I know what my purpose in life is, right? I, I think most of us do. Hopefully if not, a little refresher here this morning. Our purpose is to know the God who made us to bless him every day with how I live, and then to share him with others. That's a pretty basic three-point uh, life purpose, right? But every now and then, life gets a little confusing. Life can get uh, wonky, can get hard, can get painful. And sometimes it gets on the flip side. Sometimes it can be so amazing, it strikes <coughs> us up. Um, remember, you know, being single, and, and when you get in that relationship with the one you fall in love with, and and Mary and stuff, boy, when you're in the depths of that relationship, there's times where it's like, it's like the only thing you can think about. So there's different positive things that can sweep us up. You know, sometimes um, a big career boost happens, or a big career change happens, or a baby comes along, or something that can really 
um, turn life upside down and where your whole focus is on how's Amanda doing today and how can we help and how can we get through from day to day? It's a struggle. And sometimes we kind of lose our razor sharp focus, right? On what the Bible says is our life purpose. Because we've got our hands full with uh, sad or happy daily life stuff. So God my, got my attention with this phrase, living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Then my daily devotions spoke into that some more. And then Wes passed away. And you start thinking about how to summarize a man's life with uh, who has worked with, a man's life who has worked, walked with Jesus for almost 100 years. All this stuff kind of starts coming together. And so here we are. John the Baptist is going to have a big time figure out your life purpose moment. And John the disciple records it for us. So go with me to John chapter 3, picking up at verse 22. Really interesting. This is right after the, the G- Jesus meeting with Nicodemus in the dark, right? Nicodemus sneaks up in the dark to, him, to ask him some questions. And Jesus gives him the for God so loved the world amazing verse. So it's right after this encounter with Nicodemus. So chapter 3, verse 22. After this time with Nicodemus, Jesus and his disciples went into into the Judean countryside. And he remained there with them and was baptizing. Well, I wasn't saying anything else about that. It sounds like Jesus himself was baptizing. Never mentioned anywhere else. We don't know anything about that. Strikes me as odd because we don't hear anywhere else. Um, Jesus is always, always engaging people and teaching and speaking and feeding and healing and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just put in the, in my margin. I just put exclamation point question mark. John also was baptizing at Anon near Salim. Because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized. Uh, for John had not yet been put in prison. It happened soon after this. Why is this a big deal that John and Jesus are baptizing? Because Jews didn't do that much. Didn't do it much at all. The only time Jews baptized was when a Gentile uh, came along and said, I want to become a Jew. So they'd go through classes and stuff. Then they would baptize the Gentiles, saying, now you're a Jew. That was part of the process. But that was, that was a fairly rare occurrence. So John doing all this baptism was, was really strange, different, unique, and wonderful because he was baptizing people for repentance and forgiveness of their sins in preparation to meet the Messiah, right? Well, Jesus is the Messiah. He's baptizing too. Interesting. And now verse 25. So a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And as we dig into this, apparently the conversation was, well, Jesus is baptizing, and John's baptizing. Is there a difference? And there, is one better than the other? Hmm. Are they different from each other? What's that about? Fascinating conversation. Verse 26. So they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, talk about Jesus, look, he is baptizing, and say with me, all, all are, are going, going to, to him. him. Now, you know, who is the star a month or two before? Was everybody coming to a month or two before? They were all coming to John by the thousands. They were packing the Jordan River banks, listening to him preach, and he was all telling them, repent, even you 
you pastors and you priests and you high-level Bible teachers, you repent too and get ready for the Messiah. And they were coming by the thousands. They were going down the river and getting baptized. It was revival. It was huge. And John was rocking it. He was the most talked about guy in Israel. But his disciples, you would be, right? You'd be kind of his followers and helpers. They're going, man, our crowds are getting smaller and smaller. And we hear that they're getting bigger and bigger over there with the Jesus guy. And he's baptizing too. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about this? He's baptizing. Everybody's going to him. Verse 27. John answered. They were going to life purpose stuff. For John, but it applies for us. Isn't that cool? John answered. A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. So I know it's not Thanksgiving time. I don't care. Every good thing person relationship you have in your life is given to you by God. Just say thank you, Jesus. Okay? A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness, John says to his disciples, that I said, I am not the Christ, I'm not the Messiah, but I have been sent before him. John says, I told you guys all along that my job was to prepare the way for the Messiah, not to be him. I'm the preparer, verse 29. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. Now, who's he talking about? Who's the bridegroom? That's Jesus, the Messiah himself. So he says, Jesus has the bride, the, all the followers, the saved, the believers. The friend of the bridegroom, that's me. That's you. If you're a believer in Jesus and a follower, you're a friend of the bridegroom. Okay? You're part of the, the wedding party, right? The close inner circle. Amen? Amen. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. This is one of the beautiful things about spending time in the Word often is we are hearing the voice of the bridegroom every time we're in the word. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. Is John really bummed out that he's not rocking the crowds anymore? Is he really, really crushed and disappointed that they're all going over to Jesus now? The opposite. What does John say? Now my joy is complete. My whole purpose was to point the people to Jesus and get them ready for him. And it's happening. They're all going to him. This is what God made me for. This is his purpose and design. He goes, my joy is complete now. People are going over to Jesus and listening to the voice of God, the bridegroom. My joy is complete. Now, this is really interesting. I have thoughts, but this is true for us as parents or grandparents, right? So mm -hmm. as parents, your kids are growing up, and what are you sharing with them? You're sharing Jesus with them like crazy. You know, you're pouring Jesus into them. Same thing, grandkids, whenever you get a chance, you're pouring Jesus into them. And what's your desire? Your desire is for them to get to know him, love him, learn how to have a relationship with him themselves, so as they grow up into Christ, they can do what? They can go off and have their walk with so what happens? 
it, it, it works that way. They grow up and move on. And, and does my, my adult son and daughter, do they call me and talk to me and ask me all kinds of things about how to walk with Jesus anymore? No. Do I miss that? Yeah. But do I have complete joy about it? Yeah. Because the whole purpose was for them to have their own walk with Jesus. And that's there. And they're growing in their relationship with him. And that's the one that matters the most. Amen? Amen. Same thing if you and I are, are mentoring someone else in Christ. I remember when Brian uh, came on board. And he was, a, he was a blank slate. But he fell in love with Jesus. Out of that whole experience, came here to Dell. And uh, I got to I got to disciple and mentor him. We went actually through a book. We sat down together. It was a, a process. But you know what? Um, do I miss those times with him? Yeah, I do. But you know what? I have complete joy because now he's walking with the Lord and he's impacting other people. That's the way it's supposed to work. And John says, I've got complete joy now because this is the way it's supposed to go. Now, verse 30. No, I'm sorry. We're going to stop right here. So he says, I'm rejoicing greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. So what does that look like? How does that work in my life? How do I get Jesus to increase in my life and my flesh nature and junk to decrease? Because that very uh, next verse, verse 30 says, He must say it with me. He, he must increase, increase but I, I must decrease. decrease. And he uses the word must. This is God's plan. This is the way it works. This is how we impact and grow the kingdom and make a difference in the world. Jesus has to what? Increase. I need to decrease. decrease. Mm -hmm. So my kids need to love and grow in Jesus more and more. And that faith-dependent part mm -hmm. on parents, that needs to decrease over time. Same thing with mentoring other folks. Jesus must increase, I must decrease. So what does that look like now? How does that work in my life? How do I get Jesus to increase in my life? In my flesh nature and junk to decrease. Well, those, those two major foundations, right? This is basic stuff. We're going to go deeper here. The basic stuff is number one, living word. As you spend time in the living word, it will change you. The word of God will change you because the Holy Spirit's working in there. And number two is the Holy Spirit himself. So let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 20 for a moment. Oh I haven't been here for a while, but, but I always urge congregation, memorize this verse and a half, please. Teach your children to memorize it as they're growing up. And uh, make it a part of your prayer life. Here's how it works. Chapter 5, verse 22 in Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, all those things. Right? Just to stop for a second. The fruit of the Spirit. So we're going to talk about you need more love, joy, peace, patience in your life. Those are Jesus things. That needs to happen more in your life. And you go, oh, okay, I'll work on it. No, no, no. Well, yes, but, but understand how this functions. It's a living, dynamic relationship between you and the Holy Spirit, okay? I've got a couple of apples. We have a couple of apple trees over there. One of them bears pretty good sometimes, and we get great benefit from it. Here's the deal. Sometimes I water this last summer with the drought and stuff. 
other stuff is more important. It's an established tree, but I want it to bear. I want, I want good-sized apples, right? So there were occasions where I soaked it good, even though it's an established tree. I want sweet, juicy, big apples. So I water it sometimes. I um, fertilize it now and then, and I prune it every now and then. So I'm doing things to help it bear fruit. Amen? Amen. But what, who's bearing the fruit on the apple tree? The apple tree is bearing the fruit. I'm helping along. I'm doing everything I can to be a partner. But the tree itself is bearing the fruit. What does Paul say here? The fruit of the Spirit is these things in my life. Who's bearing the fruit in my life? Am I doing it? Now, I can, I can water it. I can spend time in the Word. I can, I can in prayer say, okay, Holy Spirit, let's do more today. And I, I need to be a partner in that whole process. But who's bearing the fruit? You and me, out of our own well of goodness and wisdom and God stuff? Well, the Holy Spirit's bearing the fruit. He's doing the lion's share of the work, in a sense, as I, as I invite him to, okay? So it's the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is so what I need to invite him to work in my life. You'll notice that it's, it's Jesus stuff. It's the character and person of Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, that's not the romantic love. It's the love that's the agape love. So the fruit of the Spirit is working in me, um, love for my neighbor, even for my enemies. How do I love them? It's to honor and value them. Even my enemies, I can honor them and value them as human beings and look for ways to, to uh, forgive them, speak truth to them and so forth. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Folks, how much of this do you see in our culture and our world today? We see less and less, don't we? Maybe it's because social media has got us so much more connected to other people and what they think today, what their opinion is today. We see a lot less of this and it's getting tighter all the time. I just saw headline this morning, read quickly the article a little bit. Uh, they did a study, and Washington, D.C. is one of the murder capitals of America. It's like in the top two or three, right? And somebody sat down and did a whole bunch of research the last 20 years. They tried to research the motive behind all the murders in Washington, D.C. You know what they discovered? That the majority of them are over stuff that we would we would say is, is penny in stupid stuff. It's somebody said something that kind of offended me. And the next day, they drive by with a gun and blow away. You know, simple, goofy stuff. Somebody, somebody called me such and such on on Facebook, and the next day they're dead. It, the researcher was blown away. Well, what do we need, folks? We need a lot more of Jesus out there, and people getting to know Jesus because love, joy, peace, and patience aren't happening very much if you don't know. That's why as he grows in us, and you don't see it in culture, when people see it in us, when they see you and the guy at work, and you're like, these guys are different. Why are they different? Because Jesus freaks. Okay, that's all right. Show them what that looks like. You are. You know, you're gracious and patient, you're peace-filled, and, and you care about other people. And So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. To stick through situations that are rough, faithfulness, gentleness, 
self-control. So somebody rips rips on me on social media, rips on me to my face, self-control. Do I punch them back? If the Holy Spirit's working and bearing fruit in me, um, I'm patient with them back. I don't give back eye for eye. I forgive them. I pray for them. I get to know what's going on in their lives that they would be so angry and upset and so forth. I walk a mile in their shoes. It's Holy Spirit stuff. This is Jesus stuff. So if I want Jesus to increase in my life and myself and my sin nature to decrease, this is Jesus stuff. I'm inviting the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do this in me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You can invite him to show you as you go through the list. Say, Lord, if I've, got a, if I've got a piece of fruit one of these areas that's not looking so good, looking kind of small and gnarly and not so cool, not so beautiful, um, show me that as I'm going through the list here. Point out which one that you want to work on, you want to bear better fruit with. And this is a great a pruning tool for your apple tree of spirit work in your life. Amen? Amen. Self-control. All those things, God is working through his spirit. So why again do I want Jesus to increase and me to decrease? Let's go back to John the Baptist. John chapter 3, verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. Why must Jesus increase? Verse 31. He who comes from above is above all. Just modern vernacular, Jesus is the best. Why do we need him to increase? Because the rest of it's the worst. We need him to increase. He comes, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard. So Jesus brings a witness from where? From heaven itself, from God's presence himself. He brings a witness from heaven to earth. He says, he bears witness to what he has seen and heard. Yet no one receives his testimony. He says, it's rough. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is, say with me, what? True. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God. For Jesus gives the spirit without, say with me, without measure. I don't have much of that love, joy, peace, patience stuff. I don't have hardly anything at all. Well, that's okay. Because God doesn't give the Holy Spirit to you in little thimblefuls, okay? God gives it without measure. So when you come to God and you say, my living like Jesus tank is empty, God goes, sweet, I'm going to fill it. Ask him, without measure, pour, Holy Spirit, pour every day. Pour, and he will do that. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. He doesn't hold back. How much Holy Spirit do you need today? Whatever you need, just give it. You know what he loves to do? He gives you more than you need. He pours an extra source. It's running up. What's it say in Psalm 23? My cup is overflowing. So I love that, you know, it says we're drinking from the saucer. Why are we drinking from the saucer? Because my cup is overflowing. 
God thing. The Holy Spirit comes without measure. Verse 35. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Say with me now, verse 36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Okay? That's different. This is why Jesus must increase and I must decrease. Because Jesus is the only one who gives eternal life. What do I have to give to people? Sure, I want to make their day a nicer day. You know what? Big, hairy deal. Unless that maybe leads to more opportunities, more encounters, more experiences of Jesus, and the opportunity to share who with him. Jesus. Because eternal life is what matters. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. How, how blessed are we? This is the best thing in, in, in existence, and we have it because of Jesus. Now here's the flip side. You know, at first I was tempted to stop there, and God was like, you got to finish the sentence to understand the whole thing. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. This is why John the Baptist said, Jesus has to increase. I have to decrease. Am I getting in the way? Am I, am I hanging on to people? No. Jesus has to increase. Their relationship with him has to get better and better, stronger. I want them to go off into life with Christ and not me holding them back in, in childishness. I need them to grow up into Jesus. God will help. So, this is why Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. This is why Paul wrote that we are ambassadors for Christ. Whether you put the hat on or not every day, you are an ambassador for Christ. Later, Paul wrote, my desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that's far better. Can you say amen? Amen. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account, because God needs me here to share Jesus with more and more of you. And I need to let Jesus increase more and more and me decrease so that you can walk with him in life. So summary, I want the whole of my life, the whole of my life, to point others to Jesus. Every day, every encounter, all the time. What I put on Facebook or other things, every area of my life should point to Jesus in a positive and powerful way. Because John said it, he's right. Jesus is above all. He's the best. He gives the Spirit without measure. Everything I need, the, the, the need of the world could be met if they would receive Jesus and his Holy Spirit. Jesus saves. He redeems. He gives eternal life. There's lots of folks around us who have not heard of him, have not met him, have yet to believe in him, John the Baptist says they are under wrath. I don't think about that enough. So I'm going to love Jesus. I'm going to grow in him myself as much as I can. I'm going to grow in his word. I'm going to invite his Holy Spirit to bear amazing fruit in my life. Because until God takes me hold, I want the whole of my life to point people to Jesus.
it's not just a mission statement of the congregation. That's that's the whole of the word says this and this, people. And I have I just have to admit to you, I needed to hear that again. I need to be refreshed in what is my everyday razor sharp heart's felt purpose. That those around me that I encounter today, in whatever way I encounter them, would see Jesus in me less of me and more of him. So let's pray and then we're going to stand up and, and listen to and or sing this song of Casting Crowns. And I think it's, it's from John the Baptist's perspective and it's really solid. So let's pray. Thank you, mighty God, for this word and for, uh, for giving us purpose. Help us to understand who you made us to be, what you made us for. You made us to be in relationship with you as your children, certainly. But your heartbeat, your heart's desire is that the family increases, that more and more lost ones, people under your wrath, would actually come out from under that and into your grace and saving mercy and eternal life in you. So Jesus, we need an everyday desire and zeal to have our whole life point to Jesus. God, open doors conversations. Help us to be more uh, upfront with asking people if we can pray for them when we hear about what's going on. Asking people, do you know that Jesus loves you? Just uh, being more open, God, and letting people see Jesus in us more easily. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, Lord, we need you. We need you without measure pouring into our hearts and minds. Showing your presence, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Bless us now, Father, in the power of your presence, in the power of your love. Jesus, in your precious name, we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. You stand up with me. We're going to sing it. Right from his heart, right from the heart of the Lord. God, as you walk in your daily life, He's back. He's back. Oh my goodness. Where's my little escape? I can't get it out. Where's my. There it is. Oh my goodness. 